Welcome everyone to the podcast that gives you movie and TV reviews every Tuesday and gaming discussion every Friday. The Nerdy Useless Topic Society, better known as Nuts. Because we're nuts and there's more emphasis because now we're in the end game. I literally only heard you said the S at the first time you said nuts. So I was like, <laughs> what on earth happened to Chris? <laughs> I got decimated. All you hear it, but I have returned. All you hear is because <laughs> <laughs> we're that's nuts. Basically, that's what it was. But welcome oh. everyone. We hope you had a fantastic weekend, and I hope everyone, or at least most of the people, have gotten to see Endgame this weekend because it was fantastic. Just going to put that out there first and foremost. And we are going to put it out there that there will be heavy spoilers for Endgame. Like all of the spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I think this would probably be our only spoiler-free part. So if you haven't seen the movie, well, you, know, you got to go see it. Um, it was amazing. It was, it was fantastic. And, and uh, it was a culmination of everything that's happened over the past 11 years and almost every single thing in the trailer is in only the first bit of the movie so like anything else would definitely be a spoiler yep yep in typical marvel fashion the trailer told you virtually nothing about the movie <laughs> yes i knew it i knew it was going to happen so yes so we might as well just get started because spoilers, yes, spoilers, warning, warning. <laughs> <laughs> but first and foremost, every prediction that we made was complete and utter garbage. Incor well, kind of. I called one thing correctly. What is that? The opening of the movie was going to feature Hawkeye. Oh, congratulations. And it was going to start with it. I called this back in like October. I was like, watch, it's going to open with Hawkeye and his family all happy. And then the whole dusting's going to happen. And then it's going to just like cue the Marvel title. As soon as I see in the theater, as soon as I saw Hawkeye, like in the opening seconds, I was like, yes, I called it. And then I was like, Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to be good for them. <laughs> and then that—that was nice. It was like two or three minutes, like enough just to introduce his family and his grown-up kids a little bit, and show like, oh look, he's he has the ankle monitor, so it's like Ant Man of the Wasp timeline, and then you know it's coming. He go, she uh, goes to retrieve her arrow. He looks over at his wife. Looks over, the daughter's gone. Looks back, his family's gone. And then he starts going nuts and starts killing people. Sad ha Hawkeye. Well, that's the part that becomes a murderer. That <laughs> was the first time they actually used the whole phrase Hawkeye. He calls his daughter Hawkeye. So that was that was nice. Yeah, until they all got snapped away. <laughs> yep. And then, <laughs> then she's dusty. Uh, yes. So that was the only thing. But besides that, yeah, I did not get a, a single. I was. I don't remember. Did we talk about the whole ending of the funeral and the wedding 
in the episode or was that after? Might have been after, I forget. But I I was wrong in that I thought it was going to be Tony has a wedding, Cap has a funeral cuz Cap I knew there was a funeral, I guess, but I was way off as to Oh yeah, no, we did talk about that in the episode. Both you and I thought that Tony's wedding would be at the end and we figured there'd yeah. be some sort of funeral. But neither one of us called Tony's funeral at the no. end. No. Which we could get oh, into that scene so much later, but yeah, that yeah, so we're, much. We're essentially going to split this up into like two two parts. We'll go we'll go into our reviews and what we thought of the movie the first little bit, and then we're just going to start naming all the MC MCU movies in like order from worst to best in our opinions. So. Yeah. Overall, like, and I'll start, I'll just start with this. I thought this movie was fantastic. I, I loved it. There was so much reaction in the theater that I went to. It was, it was crazy. Like every, all the scenes, everything, it was great. I will say that your, your love for this movie depends on how much of a Marvel fan and how you are, how much of a Marvel fan you are and how much you've paid attention to all the movies you'll get to di- you'll get different enjoyment depending on how hardcore of a fan you are basically <laughs> yeah someone i work with said they were going to take their son to see it who's like uh, 11 or 12 and they had seen just out of all the movies they had seen infinity war before and that was it uh and i said you know it's, it's they'll enjoy it but it's not going to be the same level no no, especially like they had some callbacks to like some deleted scenes from movies that if you you didn't like watch the the extras about, you would never have known the the like yeah. the Loki scene where he transforms to Cap. That that was a callback to the old deleted scene. What from Thor: The Dark World or Th- or well, they Thor. had in Thor: The Dark World they did have an actual. Like they did have him, they had him change in one actual scene, but there was more, it was like an extended or there was a lot more to it in the, uh, Blu-ray or the special yep. features. Um, so that was, yeah, that was a nice callback. Um, also this was the first official first movie to introduce a character from who was introduced in the TV shows. So, when this happened, I was so excited because I was like, oh, my God, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., someone's going to show up or the Netflix people. And they never did. But nope, still got a win of Jarvis, uh, who was introduced on the Agent Carter TV show that was on for two seasons. He was the same actor. He played Jarvis, who was Tony Stark or uh, Howard Stark's butler. Yep. And that was a nice little. Touch yeah, too. and I imagine the reason that they did that is because they weren't going to bring Vision back, so they had to give him a scene in the last movie somehow. So, mm-hmm. so they did that, which was nice. It was a nice callback. So, because yeah, they totally didn't put any of the TV or like Netflix people in there, which I'm not surprised with Netflix, honestly. But yeah, especially with their deals, kind of like at the yeah. end. But I was like, come on, just like even Coulson, like in the flashback or something like that. But I mean, I guess the earliest they go back 
in the main line is like 2012 after he's already been killed. So I guess they couldn't have him. But imagine like even just having like May or someone else like from Shield there, like Fitzsimmons, like on the street analyzing something. Yeah, that honestly, like, if they uh, were going to bring back someone from Agents of Shield, they should have done Colson. Like he was in the movies, it would have been nice. But yeah. it's whatever. Uh, but. Yeah, this is not about them. This is definitely about, and they they made it very clear. This is about the original six. Yeah, more specifically, like the ha- the three of the six of uh, Cap, Tony, and Steve, or uh, and uh, of Hulk, but or they, they, it's okay. <laughs> it's a lot. Yes, but I'm like, yeah, there were. It did focus on the six. But those three, I think, even more specifically. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree. Cap, Cap, Tony, and Thor were the big three they really, really focused on. But so yeah. if we go just by the big things in in order, just to talk about them. First, I, I mean, the way Tony got back was Captain Marvel saved Nebula and him. I thought, like, the first scene with Tony and Nebula playing that, was it foosball or whatever the heck it's called? Uh, the uh, paper, paper football. Yeah, paper football. That's, that, is, that was funny. That was nice. I thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, Captain Marvel comes back to save them. And that, that there you go. There's kind of the reason why they had to introduce Captain Marvel, because someone needed to save them. Um, and then the biggest thing at the very beginning, the biggest surprise to me at the very beginning, is that they just are like, okay, we're going to go fight Thanos now. They they go to fight Thanos as Thor they, chops off his head. Like, oh, they kill Thanos. Yeah, without even a problem. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The fact that he was like, oh, we found him because uh, there was an, a similar energy surge. And I was at that point, I was like, OK, what did he do? Like, why did he use them all again? I wasn't thinking, oh, he destroyed them. I was like, maybe he. You know, created like more life or created something. And yeah, it was the opposite. It was, nope, I destroyed them yeah, all. Yeah, it was and crazy. Then, yeah. He's like, nope, this is, you got to move on. And he kind of accepted. He got his hand chopped off. And even his last words to Nebula were like, before he got beheaded, it was like, he was like, oh, I'm, I'm still proud of what I did. And I wouldn't change any of it. And then he gets his head chopped yep. off. I, I went yep. for the head. Yep. <laughs> so that was like, uh, that was the most unexpected thing. I was not thinking that they would do Thanos in so easy. Like, like I said, when we first predicted it, I thought like he'd whip all their asses again, but yeah, but that, yeah, it definitely seemed like it was going to be something like, Oh, then they have to go get all the stones again. Cause he sent them away or something different. Yeah. And it was like, well, kind of, it's just, he destroyed them. So they have to go back in time. The whole, yeah. Um, even the introduction before that of Thor or fat Thor <laughs> was like hilarious that he, you know, Oh no, wait, that, that was, was afterwards. afterwards. Cause he kills. Yeah. He kills Thanos and then it goes to the five. Yeah, jump. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, and that was just insane. He, yeah. Well, jumping into that Thor feels terrible cause he feels 100% responsible more so than others because he actually was able to stop him and he just, went for the arm instead of the head or didn't chop off his arm and he could have stopped it all. 
and he wasn't able to. So, and he also lost everyone except for the few hundred people probably left from Asgard. Yeah. In this new area of like either Norway or Scotland or something is Norway. And, and, uh, and we got Valkyrie Korg and Meek back. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was really cool to see them back at playing Fortnite, playing Fortnite. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, fat Thor was hilarious. I, yeah, I, I was not expecting him to look like that when, when they, got to him in his scene. Like I knew that he would be super depressed and everything, but like it was just so funny and they kept him that way the entire <laughs> movie. I was like, okay, he's He's going to yeah. like just magically buff himself back up. Nope. Nope. Did not happen. So now watch if he's actually in, um, you know, another movie after this, like it's kind of set up that he might be, um, I could see him, getting into shape in that movie or something like that. And it's all like a competition. Yeah. <laughs> that, or he'll just get in shape before the movie even starts and then he'll be buff Thor again. One, yeah. one or the other, but that, that was funny. Like them going through the five year time skip and going over like each character, what the, what they've been doing since the, f- the five years, that, that was good. And like, then they had to go get like, they try to get, Tony because Ant-Man came back because of a, a rat and yeah yeah that that scene after Ant-Man came back honestly was a little bit slow I didn't think like they needed to go over like the whole him figuring out everything that happened like walking through the streets and stuff I thought like you know getting him to his daughter would have been sufficed but uh, you know it's just they wanted more uh, character development. So it was like him running, seeing like, it was cool to see, I think like the, the monuments to those who were lost, the vanished. And I was looking cause his last name is Lang that I was like, Oh, come on. I did not see it on there. Um, if there was a Stan Lee cameo, like written cameo. Oh yeah. I didn't so I see like, it that either. Been, that would have been nice. Um, but yes, he didn't see, he saw himself and it was like, oh, so he doesn't realize what's happened. <clears throat> then by the time he gets to the Avengers, you find out how it works where he thought he was only gone for a couple hours and he was gone for years. Yeah. And you know, yeah, that's got to be an adjustment that his daughter's now a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. His daughter's a teenager. So then he comes back to the, the stronghold uh, of the Avengers yeah. and then. They figure out, you know, they go through that whole time, like figuring out that they can possibly do time travel. And then they go to Tony at trying to to figure out if he can help. And then you realize Tony has a kid and he's pretty he's pretty fine. Yeah, he actually like he they finished, they killed Thanos, and at this point they're like, Okay, we can't change anything, let's make the best of it. And he's had Pepper he, in a way, I guess, I assume he got married and had uh, Morgan. Yeah. And so, you know, he kind of secluded himself away from everyone else. He had a falling out. Well, not really falling out because they never really repaired their relationship between him and Cap. But he just doubled down that he didn't want to be a part of any of this. He was retiring. And, uh, yeah, then it was fine. Like, you know, I heard uh, some people talking about this saying, like, you know, the real hero, <clears throat> the real hero is 
the dish, the dirty dishes, because if he wasn't doing the dishes, <laughs> he wouldn't have seen that picture of Spider-Man that night. <laughs> <laughs> and then he I was like, yeah, uh, that and the rat. They're like, those are the heroes of the movie. Moral dishes of the story. The do back. your damn dishes. Yes. <laughs> but but uh, that was, I mean, that was good. Although he casually. For him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He was a like a, so he was still himself. Uh, but he was, you could see he was like a good father and he's always, that was like his, one of his underlying themes was, you know, regarding fatherhood specifically, whether it was his dad or Spider-Man and like his, you know, it was nice to see him actually as a father. I was nervous that it was going to be, oh, we're going to reset this and this whole life will not happen. You're, you're going to have to sacrifice yeah. your daughter to save everyone else. And it was nice. They kind of like, I still thought that it could have happened by the end before the uh, climactic battle, but they try to explain it early on the whole like science of time travel and how it's different than the movies. And they started listing off all the time travel movies, including like hot tub time machine. Well, well really how they, the basic way that they try to describe it is when this is jumping far ahead, but when Bruce meets yeah, with the, what's her name? The ancient one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, she describes like how time travel works. And basically in, in the MCU, it just follows pretty basic logic. It's just that, no matter what they do in the past, their timeline, like the, the original timeline does not get affected. It just splinters wherever they go. It splinters into alternate timelines. So, mm-hmm. so taking the time stone, for example, at that point, it would splinter into a whole nother, like, like a whole different whole reality, reality the that they would have n- no idea about. And the same thing with when they went to 2012, in New York and Loki escaped. That's going to be a whole different timeline. Yeah. I think that'll be answered in just essentially like his Loki spinoff of the, uh, Disney plus show. Be like that's how he escaped. And then like, here's his little mini series focusing on that timeline. Loki. I Cause you know, he was there, he escaped, but then like when Thor, you know, yeah, it's, it's still kind of confusing. But like, you know, he was in jail and Thor the Dark World still. Well, that no. Uh, so that's they're going through. When he was in Thor the Dark World, that's still the original timeline. They he wasn't skipping to the alternate timeline that they created. It's it's yeah, so in the alternate. I'm saying, yeah, the alternate timeline that's now existing that we haven't yep. seen is Loki escaping because yep, essentially there are. I don't know if the. There are probably, at the very least, in addition to the the main timeline that we know, three branches of alternate timelines now that they have four act four mm-hmm. actually because yeah because of the yeah, ending because you have with um, the one from twenty twelve where Loki escaped, you have the one with the guard the guardians where um, they went to get Gamora and and all that stuff. So th- that's the second one. And because now that timeline doesn't have Thanos anymore. Uh, yeah, because now it's Thanos stops in 2014. Yep. So that that's now different. 
and then the the third place that they went to um uh, Vormir. so it was same same uh time because they all went together but they there was two different uh stones so i think that would still just be one splintered timeline though because they both arrived at the same time and took stones from that same yeah that shouldn't splint, like that should stay in the same alternate timeline like because they, they were in the same exact time thor thor the yeah. dark world's <clears throat> um scene also that's a, a third yes that's third right. one that can splinter because i mean they really didn't do much too much to alter like the biggest thing that they did do that could alter it was thor talking to his mom because yeah because cap <clears throat> theoretically at the end returned thor's hammer that he stole from his past self but stuff stuff could have yeah. happened who knows um yeah, we don't know what exactly happened on his return trip because I have some questions about that. At the we'll do yeah. that later about his return yeah, trip. But yeah, there's 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 that's the basic logic that I get that they how they perceive timeline. But yeah, and like the ancient one said, she's like, "Look, you can like we're splintering off, but if you could return these, it'll make it as similar to the way it's supposed to be as possible." Um, and that she says that before loki disappears so already like you know cap uh, and they're just sending cap back by himself like he has to yeah we'll talk about that later because i'm like he there's so much so many what ifs and you know they even said (laughs) they're disney plus that's one of the things they're doing is a what if show um marvel show but i don't think it's going to connect directly to no probably not but but yeah to, to go off this like after after they eventually get Tony to to come onto the team, because you know th- they introduced Professor Hulk, which that was so which awesome. was nice. I thought personally, and I'll get in, we get into this later, but I thought Hulk didn't have enough good scenes in him. Like I thought they underused him a little bit. But oh, I completely agree. But they they introduced professor hulk he was funny like that scene in when they first introduced him of him taking pictures with with the kids and stuff and Ant, him and ant-man's little exchange that was good <laughs> take your goddamn phone <laughs> uh but essentially what happened there was then after that then professor hulk like they tried to you use banner to figure out the time travel because tony wouldn't be a part of it and essentially the funny part is they figured out hulk inadvertently figured out a way to have immortality they just never discuss it <laughs> yeah with the uh you know the first way that hulk uh, professor hulk like figures out time travel is and tony says he's like you're letting time move through you a single object Whereas we have to flip it and make you move through time like that object. And that's the point that they want to achieve. But yes, Hulk essentially creates immortality (laughs) by just shrinking down people like, and that was just crunching numbers. He was like, Oh, Oh, here, let me fix this. Like if he actually tried. Yeah. And I don't think it was definitely made for laughs. I don't think going forward, that would be a major discussion or anything. Cause then it's just, that's a whole, slew of issues but yeah that was really funny <laughs> someone peed in my suit and i don't know if it was baby me or old or... me or just regular me <laughs> that was good yeah <laughs> and then like after that obviously they 
they Tony came figured out everything because he had discussed with Pepper about him helping, and then they got together and got ready and formed those teams to go to those three separate locations to pick up the Infinity Stones. Like each team was in charge of specific Infinity Stones, so they could bring them back to the future and undo what Thanos did. Yeah, and you know. Like uh, all movies, you know, things didn't go exactly as planned, but in the end, they did get all six uh, and with only one casualty. And it was the one that we knew there would have to be a casualty because that was the soul stone. Yeah, I was wondering how they were going to do that. Like when they said, OK, Clint and Natasha, you two go to Vormir. I'm like, of course, <laughs> like because it's the only two on the team that like have any sort of relationship <laughs> besides like Bruce, but he needed to go to uh, New York. Yeah. So that, that was somewhat sad. Like I, I just felt like Scarlet, which is a good character. She just not didn't get very much or black widow. Or, yeah. I don't know why I said Scarlet. Scarlet. Yeah, Scar- I, I mix things up. That must be um, anyway. Yeah. Black widow was, was a good character. She just never got, I thought, too much limelight. So the whole killing her off thing didn't feel as heartbreaking as I thought it could have been. It was, it was still yeah, a little sad, was, but. Yeah, I think there was more weight to me for Gamora's death in Infinity War than hers in Endgame. Oh, I completely, completely agree. Yeah. And, you know, they argued over and they say, I, you know. Um, he saved her life because he was sent to kill her back when she was still like uh, with the uh, what was it the the Russians and he brought her in, took her under his wing, and everything was you know she saved his or he saved her life, so she wanted to kind of you know repay the debt goes back to her like thing with Loki in the original Avengers. Like she had a lot of red in her ledger. She wanted to, uh, you know, balance it out or get rid of that. And this was like the last thing. Yeah. So I think if we get a movie from her, it's like pretty much a, like a, a pretty much official all, but like officially released. Um, it'll probably be a prequel. Yeah. I think I it's already stated to be a prequel. If I'm not mistaken. So, so that could be good. That could just give some more depth and maybe we find out twist some things that we've already seen. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting at the very least. I mean, the one thing that confused me with that scene is I thought that there was supposed to be the sacrifice was supposed to be the person that, or something that you love the most. And I, I was like, they can't yeah. say Hawkeye loves his family the most, so this isn't going to work, but it, it worked. So I got confused. Uh, yeah. So, so I was <laughs> like, is it just anyone? Can anyone die as long as you like them a little bit? But <laughs> that's just yeah. me nit- nitpicking. No, I, yeah, I, I love her as a friend. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so there is that, and that's how they wound up getting the Soul Stone, and then how they wound up i guess i can stay in the same timeline the power the power stone yeah, the power stone. was with nebula and war machine and basically they i love the scene where um quills 
dancing around and <laughs> singing the theme song to that starts Guardians one, and then like they cut the music and you just see him dancing with, with the headphones singing it himself. <laughs> then they just knock him out. That was funny. Oh, he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they knock him out easily, and then she just goes in and grabs the power stone like with her claw yeah. arm and and they're like literally about to go and look i mean you know um what is it uh war machine actually takes the stone and he leaves luckily he was having he was holding it and at the last second then uh, nebula gets stuck and uh ends up getting captured by thanos in 2014 and that's when he finds out all the stuff, just kind of like if comparing it to uh, Back to the Future, just like old Biff in Back to the Future 2, like tells young Biff, like, hey, here, take this sports almanac, make me rich. Mm-hmm. And he, young Thanos or younger Thanos is like, oh, I succeeded? Yes, yes, I did. Yes. Of course I did. <laughs> all right. I got to stop this from happening uh, even more so. So let's speed this up. Bring her to me. <laughs> I mean, that was good. I was wondering how they were going to introduce like a villain that like Thanos, how now that they had killed off the original timeline Thanos, it was a good way to get him back into the fold. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. That, w- that really was reintroducing the villain. Cause at that point you're like, Oh, I guess who's their villain? Just, I mean, just the sake of time, making sure their plan works. But then, yeah, it's just... And then um, that leads into when they all get back. But I guess the last one, anything else you wanted to talk about with New York? Because that had three <laughs> of the time stones. Or did you want to talk about uh, Thor uh, well, with the reality? Well, we can talk about New York first. I mean, we already discussed how basically Banner got the time stone. He went, he went to the Ancient One and... They had a little discussion and and the ancient one was like, oh, Strange must have given you this for a reason because this is way before Strange became Doctor yeah. Strange. Um, yeah, she's like, I'm the only one that's supposed to know that you'll yeah. be here. How do you know that? Oh, God, this must be really bad. Take it, giant yes. green man. <laughs> so, so that, I mean, that that was pretty simple, but that's also when she discussed how timeline works. So that that was the purpose of that scene, really. Exactly. Um, then there was the the space stone. Yeah, the, the tesseract. tesseract. So that was in the case already. And they're going down the elevator, except Hulk. He had to take the stairs. <laughs> yeah. Why does Hulk always Ant-Man. have to take the stairs? <laughs> <laughs> that was so fun. That was nice. They had like the two different Hulks there, like Professor Hulk and then like the original Avengers Hulk. Like barely talking. Yeah. Uh, that was so funny. It was. So yeah, they all get down there. And then, well, first you get the cameo of Sitwell from a, uh, not a well, he was in a couple episodes of Agents of Shield. But also um, Winter Soldier was like his biggest one. He was in a couple of the early phase one movies and even he was in the a one shot, him yep. and Colson, on the way to New Mexico. So that was good. Um and then the whole strike team from Winter Soldier comes in. So they take the scepter and go to the el- a different elevator. Yeah, uh, the Space Stone, yeah, they're all in the lobby. And then Alexander Pierce from Winter Soldier they actually got Robert Redford to come back out of retirement, I guess. 
because he said he retired just to do this scene of him saying, hey, give me the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no. <laughs> and, um, and then, of course, you know, Ant-Man has to like short circuit the, uh, you know, 20, 2012 Tony's uh, arc reactor, which actually still was powering him and saving him, keeping him from dying. He drops the suitcase. It opens up. They're all bickering over it. And Loki just without saying a word is like looking at everyone. You could see him calculating his plan. <laughs> and he just is like, okay, bye. bye. And grabs it and is just gone. And then you see 20. What is it? I guess at that timeline is 2023. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, that Tony is like, oh shit, everything's going to hell. We just lost it. Yeah, all because and then Hulk before... sla- got him with the door. That yeah, Hulk comes out. I hate the stairs. And like the scene scene before that, like we can go into like where they traveled to, but like before that, with how they got the Mind Stone was basically you know they came to collect the the. Eight shield agents, or really the undercover Hydra agents, came to collect the the scepter and take it back. And we know what they did with it eventually. But so, th- yeah. so they're in the elevator, and then you know, Cap stops the elevator and goes down with them. So they kind of did a callback to the Winter Soldier th- scene of the um, elevator. I totally thought it was. So did I. But even something better happened. Then Cap just leans over and whispers, "Hail Hydra." And they're and then oh they're just gosh. like, here you go. Yeah, take yeah. it. <laughs> it was like that was so awesome. And that was like a nice tie-in because he knew all that stuff already. He's like, okay, this way I don't have to fight them all and possibly lose. Because that was still a tough battle in Winter Soldier when he like he did just get out of it, you know, not uh not it wasn't an easy fight. But also the tie-in with the more recent comic where uh it was it came out that cap was a sleeper agent for hydra and that was like a big deal so that was really funny and then he fights himself which was a nice I can do this all like, day fight and he's like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like <laughs> that was that was so funny it was a way to bring in his like almost like his catchphrase now into <laughs> into the discussion into the battle <laughs> Like, yeah, damn it. I at first I thought it was Loki pretending to be him, and then I realized, like, wait, Cap wasn't with them down in the lobby. Oh no, this is like legit Cap <laughs> versus Cap. And then <laughs> the, the line that is America. <laughs> that was nice. good. That was funny. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, that's how they got the, the mind stone. And then they went, they yes. went back into the 70s because they were like, screw it, we have no idea where Loki went. So, I yeah, we can't do. Yeah, we can't take a risk. Yeah, so Tony's like, I know one other place where, where the stone is, the tesseract is. So they're like, don't worry, I'll find pin particles because they at this point only had enough for one more trip to go back. But he's like, I I'll get pin particles on my way here too. So they went back to the seventies, basically to the old shield base at yeah, where Cap uh, was. Yeah, they showed it in both Cap movies yep. prior. Yep. And they just in- infiltrated the base and Tony went down and to get the the Tesseract. And then that's where he meets Howard, his father, who stops him when he's looking looking for someone. <laughs> he's looking for uh, Zola, yeah. the 
tiny guy from uh, Captain America one and two, and uh, you know who turns that whole room into his brain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's like, "Hey, Zola, where? Oh, do you know where Zola is?" Yeah, it was a nice. I loved how uh, they definitely had that callback to Civil War, where Tony was in like he made his barf machine where he could like reenact moments of his past just so he can like, you know, deal with the, you know, as a form of therapy. And then he actually got to talk to his dad and get some closure and all this stuff. Yeah, that was, that was nice. nice. And the Stanley cameo was kind of funny too. That's because that's when he came in saying like, make love, not war or something like that. Yeah. So, that was nice. He had like some stickers and a nice like, uh, what was it? Um, a license plate. But yeah, it was nice. I I want to say that was the last filmed Stan Lee cameo. I could be wrong. There might be one in, uh, you know, in the Fox. What is that? In Dark Phoenix. But I think for MCU, I don't know if he filmed one for Spider-Man yeah. or not. But that may have been the last one we saw. Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll see. But so... Yes. That's how they got that that stone, and then the only other stones left were the was the ether, and the right was that the only stone left? Yeah, that was because they had they had at this point in our recap they have received the power stone, they received the soul stone, they got the mind, the yeah, all three on Earth. The last one was yeah. the ether, so and that this was overall I think was the quickest, most straightforward success story next to maybe the mind or the time stone. Yeah, it was, it was just Thor and rocket traveling back to Thor, the dark world scene in Asgard. And you got a little Loki cameo in there too, which you mentioned. Yeah. So, and the, the audience where I was just cheered, just seeing him, I was like, really guys, calm <laughs> down. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. Anytime they have him on screen, people, people love to hate him and hate that. they. Love yeah. Him. But and, and then uh, you just had, you know, Thor going through his crisis. But eventually, like he talks to his mother to kind of figure it out that he needs to be who he he wants to be and not what people think he should be. And then you had the really yeah. It was go ahead. It was it was a nice moment that was needed because at this point he's like looking around. He's back where everything was destroyed. He sees people that are alive that were dead, especially his mom who he didn't even get to say goodbye to her, uh, with the battle. So it was definitely a big deal for him. And it was a nice way, just like similar to Tony, he got to say, see his dad, Thor got to see his mom. That's true. They both kind of got to say goodbye. Um, and they both got the pep talk they needed. That is true. I didn't even think of it that way. And cap, he saw in the past, at least the first, when they're back there, um, he saw just through the window Peggy. Yeah. And I was, as soon as he went into like, Oh, he's in this dark room. I thought she was going to see him like right. I don't there. know how she didn't and see him. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, cause it was, uh, cause yeah, I know. I know. Definitely. We had to save that, but that was nice. They all kind of did get some sort of thing from their past. All three of them by yeah. the end of the movie. Yeah. Like you, like we said, this is basically, about those three. This movie primarily focused on those three. But the other funny scene I will say in in Thor's adventures was that creepy scene where you see Rocket 
going to get <laughs> Natalie Portman and extract the ether from her. I was like, oh my, yeah, this looks so wrong. He's following her. <laughs> it looked like he was trying to like, I know. So he's like, I'm going to go get her. <laughs> so he's like, I got this thing. I'm going to, he's like, this will suck it up. And <laughs> he's like, oh, here, she's awake. I'll go get her. And he like sneaks off after her. And then he comes running like a raccoon running around the corner. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we gotta go. It, it was funny. And then Thor, like I said before, steals Mjolnir back and he's like, Oh, I'm still worthy. And oh yes. I, that was great too. He's like, wait a second. I have my hammer here. I, it, I was like, at first he like lifts out his hand. I was like, what the hell is he doing? I was like, Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> he's going to have both of them. And, yeah. So then at that point, now everyone is back. Uh, yeah. And they have the gems and they're ready to resnap everyone. They take Professor Hulk to do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they do it. At the same time, though, it's evil Nebula from 2014 back and she's messing with the time machine as everyone else is like fixing and doing the infinity stone stuff so she could bring the whole damn ship <laughs> of 2014's Thanos through uh, space and time and you know everyone gets brought back they release like the the shields and everything and they see like oh there's trees and birds and stuff and, and Clint's phone is going off what? and then all of a sudden he uh I try to think that shoots up the place is like, yeah, I try, I guess it was during the snap right as they snap that she did it. So they didn't realize that the ship, cause the ship was in the air firing when he saw that they would have felt the ship come through and crash. So I think it was during that time before they like lowered the shields that she sent the ship and now it's floating above the space. They snapped, they did all that. And yeah, he goes to answer the phone and all of a sudden you see, and he's like, Hey hun. And you see a blue like bomb coming through the air. I was like, that's it for him. He's dead. <laughs> nope. Which yeah, no one died there, which like that was kind of crazy. I think like it would have hurt. I think more if, uh, if we lost him there, but you know, I'm sure the, the writers toyed around with it. Cause that would have been like the most, Oh, like gut like punch. Getting your family I back got everyone back. And, and then, then they're back, but then he dies immediately after saying two words yeah, to them. That would have been sad. And just something random to, from this scene. Was was Hawkeye paying the phone bill for his dead family this entire time? <laughs> <laughs> because how did she do hey, that? Joe, <laughs> this is 2020. 23 who knows what is going on there's half the population yes but you know free because there's half the population we don't need to pay all these silly fees it's just, everything's free yeah. oh, oh well i guess we have something to look forward to in five years oh my gosh joe do you realize what half of population missed what uh, uh those poor people <laughs> a whole year oh. Of 2022. Poor people. Anyway, after oh, this scene, is yes. basically becomes a scene of hot potato with Tony's infinity gauntlet after they try to get out of the wreckage while Thanos waits for Cap 
um, Cap, Iron Man, and Thor to fight him, which they all come out eventually, which to to do. And that scene, like them getting ready to face him, was really that was cool. I enjoyed that part. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was. Yeah, there were. I feel like that whole battle was like three separate battles because it was the hot potato scene. It was the three of them facing off against Thanos, and then you know I thought he was going to kill Cap. I thought, and then they're all like still alive, and all of a sudden you just hear like a great callback to the Winter Soldier. You just hear a Cap on your left. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh shit, it's Falcon. And then like all of the sling ring portals open up and it's just like one by one, all these people, everyone who is dusted is coming back. And then that was crazy. Oh, here's Valkyrie. So crazy. It was, I loved it. It was, yeah, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it again. Like I, we need to re-see this movie because that, gosh, everything about it. I will a hundred percent. They had to watch it again. (laughs) Yes, uh, that was definitely like this movie's money shot. Like there was the initial in the original Avengers, the six of them teaming up together. This was like all of them coming out and then lining up against Thanos's army. That was yeah, the shot. It was so cool. It was so cool. And, and like you had in that scene, you had like the scene where Captain America wound up getting Mjolnir and was able to hold it. Oh my gosh, that everyone screamed. He lifts it up and everyone starts screaming and Thor's like, I knew it. (laughs) I saw some meme like I want someone to to look at me the way Thor looks at Captain America when he picks up Mjolnir. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. I liked uh, the one theory I've been seeing a lot of the past couple days is that you know the reason he wasn't able to pick up the hammer in Winter Soul or in uh Age of Ultron was in Winter Soldier. He learns that Bucky killed Howard Stark and he kept that very toxic secret without sharing it with Tony. And that was the only thing essentially preventing him from being worthy because he didn't tell Tony about. uh, And then after Civil War, he, you know, obviously makes it known. So then he's worthy of holding Yolnir. Yeah. You know, whether or not it's true, I thought it was a little. I could see see it. It's a nice theory. I, I don't know. Like, it does feel strange because Captain's it's felt like Captain America's character has become darker and darker with every movie. So it's like he's gotten more worthy, but he's gotten darker as a character. I, I find that funny, but I can see why how, yeah. why he was able to pick it up, I guess. But it was it was cool. I I, I yeah. enjoyed the scene. I enjoyed all the like the little things in the huge battle, like Getting to see Peter Parker like Spider Man activate kill, kill mode. <laughs> Instant kill <laughs> yes. mode. He goes, It's a kill. <laughs> He's like, Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> I got this. Um, yeah, every every character had at least like one scene in the battle. So you could see like Valkyrie on her like Pegasus and Ant Man and the Wasp like shrinking down fighting people and like a bunch of uh, sorcerers like fight. It was really cool. Uh, yeah, they showed off everyone. Then they had like the scene where it was like every female mm-hmm. MCU person all teaming up. It was, I thought it was cool. I also thought it was like, 
like fan servicey, but I mean, there were so many different parts that were fan service. Yeah, this whole movie was basically know. fan service, so I mean, you can't really yeah. get too upset with that. No, no, I, I, and I can easily bet that some people are like, "Oh, that's so stupid! Like, why would you put a scene of like all, all just the all the female heroes together?" It's like, I mean, it did look pretty badass. It, <laughs> so. it did. Uh, so. I enjoyed it. The one thing that I and I talked about this in, in the last episode we did about Phase Three, Ca- when Captain Marvel went after Thanos after he had the full Infinity Gauntlet on him again, th- for mm-hmm. some reason she was basically outpowering him, and then then Thanos flicked the Power Stone off the Infinity Gauntlet, grabbed it, and was oh. able to overpower her like shouldn't he have had that power to begin with she was with one of her hands keeping uh, him from closing his fist and they've said like leading up to this they're like to activate the glove or anything using anything that's within the glove you have to close your fist and she was keeping his fist so that's why in Infinity War, there, you know, Doctor Strange tells his cape, "Don't let him close his fist." Oh, don't let okay. Because otherwise, he can't use. It's a way of saying, like, pulling the trigger. Okay. He has to close his fist, and she was keeping it open. But yeah, I saw that it was like, but then he just is like, "Fine, I can't, I can't be this way. I'm gonna take this stone and just punch you," and that knocked her out. So I, I like that. In knowing that, like, in looking back at that scene, it shows her power level. And like she said in press junk, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, it's it's not going to be just I can just fly and just easily destroy him like that. You know, one on one without anything, she would beat him. But he had like he's able to use that power stone and just he was able to outnumber her with that. Yeah. So, I mean, that was good. I didn't th- I didn't know about that. So that. That makes me question that scene less because I was really annoyed with that scene at first. Um, yeah. Then th- there was just all these other little parts of the battle. It it was cool, and then obviously, eventually, the big yep, the <laughs> ending where Tony, like Thanos, thought he snapped everyone out again because Thanos's plan at this point turned to getting rid of the entire universe and starting a brand new one. And yeah. When Thanos snapped, he realized he had no Infinity Stones on him because Tony took them all. Yeah, he looks at his glove and he does a what? Yep, <laughs> face. And then Tony's like arm starts glowing as he like slides it up on his gauntlet and on uh, his suit, and he starts glowing. And and you know at this point, I like okay, so they'd shown that Hulk or Hulk snapped, and the Hulk, it almost killed him. And Thanos, additionally, after two snaps, like it shows like their power level. I was thinking they were going to give it to Captain Marvel because of her power level. She would have been able to do it. But I guess, you know, that's all they lost all those other millions of realities. So Tony's the only one. He has to sacrifice himself. Best last line. I am Iron Man. Snap. And then all of then it's Thanos's version of the snap and everyone starts dying around yep. him. Yep, all the children and Thanos, everyone. And Thanos just sits and waits for his end. Yeah, he knows it. He just takes a seat and just lets it happen, just defe- knowing he's defeated. That was so good. Then you have the, 
Yeah, I like that it wasn't everyone running up to Tony. It was like Peter. Yeah, it was Peter and Pepper essentially. Yeah. I think War Machine too. Yeah. So it was like the three. I don't even think Cap. No. Anyone. It was just those three who had the closest relationship to him. Yep. And then that is the point. That and then once they got into like the the ending with the funeral and all that, you could literally, at least in the theater I was in, oh yes, you heard everyone bawling. It was yeah. I it was crazy. <laughs> everyone was crying. I was. I was a mess. Jamie and I were watching this and other people like in a row, we were like, you just like that happens. He snaps and you're like, yes. And then you see him against there and then he stops blinking and everything. I'm like, Look, he, might, he might already be dead. <laughs> like, I don't think he could hear anyone's and he didn't like, but it just, that was tough. And then it goes like almost right into the funeral. I think it just goes right pretty, into pretty much. Um, and that was just like, yeah, it was, I was getting choked up, but yeah, the, the whole theater, you could just hear like, yep, like all the sniffles and it was, it was so tough. I was, and then the funeral, I was just, that yeah, was it for me. <laughs> I was done. Uh, yeah. Funeral had a nice, a lot of nice callbacks. It was essentially everyone who had some sort of direct role with Tony. So there was obviously uh, happy pepper there, uh, Tony and Pepper's daughter, um, the Guardians, Cap, uh, almost like all the a lot of the Avengers. Not everyone who was at the battle, but Captain Marvel's there. Uh, Maria Hill, the kid even, from Iron uh, Man Three. Yeah, the kid from Iron Man Three is there as like a teenager. Everyone's like, "Who the hell's that kid?" It's just, it's you know, this is supposed to be to even you know even five six years after that movie came out, the kid went through puberty, so he's like. You know, older uh but yeah he was there because he changed his life around yep uh it was nice and then nick fury kind of overseeing the whole thing even behind carol danvers uh, so it was nice i'm probably missing like one or two but it was a nice send-off for tony they had a little like wreath made up in the middle of it was his original arc reactor with the uh, engraving from Iron Man one saying proof that Tony has a heart. Uh, and then the line even of uh, Morgan to happy, they're sitting there and he's like, you hungry? You want me to make you something? He's like, uh, she's like, I want cheeseburgers. Yeah. Yeah. Your dad like cheeseburgers. <laughs> and that was like when he came back from the cave in Iron Man one and they did the press, the initial press statement that like he's alive. Um, you know, he's like cheeseburgers first. And that was like a lot, a lot, a lot of callbacks. Oh, yeah. And, and then afterwards, after all the, all these, like all the sad stuff and the funeral and stuff. <laughs> then it goes to funny yeah, they, things. It's basically because people were like, there's no end credit, like after or post credit scene in this movie. Essentially, the ending was a bunch of post credit scenes. Like, yeah. That's exactly right. You could have ended it at the funeral and then all of those other ones would have been the post credit scene and they just kind of had it all on there together. Yeah, nice. like Thor and the Guardians, like him joining them and he he's going to be, I know he's going to be in the third movie now. So yeah, as, Guardian, that, yeah, as that, Guardians of the Galaxy. That exchange with him and Peter, like, oh, you're the <laughs> captain. Yeah. 
That was great. And he just stares at him, like lingering, just like, yeah, you're the captain. Yeah. <laughs> and just <laughs> stares at him. He's like, good. That was, that was great. <laughs> that was like part one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Uh, yeah. Then what else was there? There, there's you know obviously Wakanda. There's they that. were all happy, but that that was something big. They were just put, had fireworks. Yeah, the quick montage of everyone. It showed Wakanda, then it showed Peter back in high school with Ned, well, well, um, which I'll get. Yeah, to which is like an interesting thing. But yeah, we'll talk about that. Where uh, where does Marvel go from here? Yeah. Um, uh, was there any other ones? I know. Then it goes to Thor and Asgardians, and then. Uh, yeah, I mean, Valkyrie's a new queen. Yeah, queen of Asgard. <laughs> and then I think then it just goes after like the couple, like the little montage of showing everyone all happy. Uh, it goes to them in the field at the Avengers facility again. Cap and Professor Hulk and Bucky and Falcon. Yep, I think so. Yeah. Uh, oh, that is true. We forgot to mention that old... Like eventually they send Captain America back into the past to return. Yeah. That's at the, yeah. near the end that they send Captain America to return to the past to return basically all the stones that. Yeah. To try to prevent as many messed up alternate yeah. realities. As he possible. also returned Thor's hammer. Some people missed that, but he brought Mjolnir with him. So he was returning Thor's hammer as well. Um, and then he basically doesn't come back. And then you see him on a park uh, on the bench beside him as old cap. And he gives the shield to Falcon. So, and, and then the movie just ends with hit like looking back at the past. The flashback. Yeah. Looking back at the past because it cap basically said that he what he did, why he didn't come back is because he wanted to get a life, like Tony said. So he got a life and stayed in the past with Peggy. And it just ends with him dancing with her. Finally, the, yeah. And there were so many callbacks in that scene. Like before he gets sent back, he and uh, Bucky, their last line is like, you know, be careful or something. Or don't be, don't do anything stupid. And he's like, oh, you're taking all the stupid with you. And that was Cap and bucky's line last line to each other before bucky like went off and he got enlisted in the army when uh, steve was still scrawny mm -hmm. it was just flipped and then you know even the song they're dancing to was the same song that um nick plays to like hide uh when what is it after he's shot in winter soldier and he's hiding in steve's apartment he's playing that song on the record player yeah yeah i was like that was so yeah it was so cool yeah so it was it was nice i like i said i've said many times i never liked captain america at the beginning but i grew to like his character as the mcu went on so it was a good send-off for him so we we won't be getting him back unless they do just some crazy one-time thing and make him young again or do like they're they're supposed to be doing like some what if story on Disney Plus with him, so we'll see him in that scenario. Um, yeah. But so he's gone. There is Iron Man. Tony Stark is gone. Uh, Black Widow's gone. So 
lost lost yeah. a good number of people. So it, it's the MCU is going to be very interesting from here because it's going to be so different than what it was these first 10 years. Yeah. Um, so first question, Joe, over, like overall, did this live up to the hype? Oh, yeah, I would say so. A hundred percent. Like I said, your mileage on how you enjoy this movie depends on how much you've watched the other movies and got into the Marvel. But if you did, so worth it. I, I first movie in a while that I've wanted to see multiple times in the theater. Yeah, I completely agree. 100% lived up to the hype. If you were a person who just saw like this or Infinity War, like on a whim, just to kind of, you know, you didn't really see this. I think this, both of them together would definitely want to like incentivize you to go watch all these movies and get a better understanding for everything. Uh, because this was, you know, 10, 11 years and 22 yep, movies. Tw- now? 22. 20, yeah. 22 movies. And it's crazy to think of that, you know, um, not to go off like too much, but I just saw something for the dark Phoenix trailer was with it. And they said, Oh, this is like the most emotional one, uh, in over two decades. Cause the first one came out in, I guess, 99 or 2000. So essentially like just around 20 years of these X-Men movies. And when I saw that, I was like, man, you guys had double the time, half the movies, I feel like almost maybe a little less than half. Uh, but I care about all the, I care about like some of the worst MCU movies more than some of the, uh, just middle of the ground X-Men movies. Yeah. I mean, they don't, they also didn't produce as many X-Men movies as they did Marvel movies. Like they only yeah, did X-Men movies. 11. Maybe. Yeah. They only did them every once, every couple of years as opposed to multiple. Several. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah as opposed to like several Marvel movies a year. But yeah, most of the time the X-Men movies weren't that great, unfortunately. So I love some of them like a lot. They're some of my all time favorite movies, but yeah. And I don't expect anything from dark Phoenix, but we'll see. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, but now negatives for this movie, uh, you know, I, I don't think like, you know it's going to take some time. We'll we'll settle. I think anything that involves time travel, there's going to be always a lot of questions and some things that it's like, oh, why didn't you do this or why? Like logic questions come up. Um, from a movie standpoint, there's not much I didn't like about it. I didn't like that. I felt like you said Hulk was underused. I agree. I also think Captain Marvel was drastically underused i know like they made she was essentially in the beginning and then the flash forward in that little like council meeting she was shown to go off into space again but it's like um you know hey let her know like hey we figured out time travel so things are going to be a little crazy you should probably just come back here just in case something goes wrong because if she was there when that ship came out she would have destroyed it then preventing the whole last battle and Tony from dying. we don't want to prevent that <laughs> we don't want Tony to die Joe it was emotional <laughs> you have to have stakes <sighs> yes I do have enough stakes but I just thought like from a logical standpoint like all right she's the one of the most powerful she is the most powerful 
probably a hero in the MCU. And what after the like beginning when she just saves Tony, they uh, she's like, all right, bye. I'll see you guys in the battle. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So I think she, and especially there was so much talk about her in this movie that she was just so underused. I like that she, you know, it was in lieu of uh, focusing on those main three. It was their movie, definitely the original, well, six, but like, yeah, I think she should have just been there more. Yeah, and I, I would say like, like you mentioned, I, I just wish they did more with Hulk. It was. He was vastly underused. He should have gotten a rematch with Thanos. Like, it should not. Yeah. I, I think it should not have been just like the big three, like their movie. Hulk should have been included in that somewhere. So I don't know why that didn't happen. I, I, I really don't. There should have been a rematch. And I thought the fact that he didn't completely like Hulk out when he realized black widow died was kind of a letdown for me. Cause I was expecting him to, I was expecting that to be the trigger to where he went full, full rage mode and like was ready to kill Thanos, but Nope, didn't happen. So yeah. that, that was, that was the big disappointment for me because now they've got to figure out if they're going to use professor Hulk in future movies, they got to figure out how they're going to use that character and actually get him to get angry because like he tried once to get angry in the movie and it was just like, he's just throwing around things, but he wasn't really getting angry. So I was not a fan. Um, other than that, the, the pacing, some of the pacing at the beginning felt a little slow to me. I get that they had to set things up, but I think they could have focused on other aspects as opposed to the aspects that they did focus on. Like I mentioned, before, like I thought the whole begin like the whole Ant Man part was too slow. I think they could have used that time really to talk more about Professor Hulk and how he got that way and stuff like that. That I think they could have just redistributed some of their who they focused on better. But other than that, like most of the movie I I really liked. I don't really have many complaints besides Besides, those are my two my two biggest ones, really. Yeah, for a movie that's three hours long, that's not you know that's not bad at all. I think it's still like with what we're saying, it's still an amazing movie, and I have to assume probably high on your list as well. But it's just, yeah, there's there's nothing else like it that I can. Yeah, think of. it's just a big. It's a big homage to to fans who've stuck stuck with it for as many years as they have. Mm-hmm. So, and now we have to so now, figure out where they go from here. Yes. So let's start with Spider Man because that's the next movie coming out, and they just like had that little scene where he reunites with Ned. Um, the directors they said something like, "Okay, so essentially." The timeline by the end of the movie, everyone's back. So that means everyone who is dusted is the same age they were in 2018, and now it's 2023. If you were not dusted, you are five years older. So, like both Peter Parker and Ned might only be like a year or two older than Cassie Lang, like Scott, uh, Ant Man's yep. daughter. So, with that all in mind, they said, Oh, 
Peter and all of his friends all got dusted. So I think that's their way of saying, as of now, I think we'll know more in the actual movie when that comes out. But that's their way of saying, convenient. Hey, they got to go back to school. This is like, you know, that's supposed to be the aftermath of all of this huge life changing event uh, that, uh, you know, he has to go back to school. So anyone who is dusted just goes back to their original lives, all that stuff. Um, I still, I, I don't know. Part of me still thinks that there, it's all going to be like, and some people I know they're like, Oh, but they said it's not a prequel. I still <laughs> feel like it's going to be. I think a you're hanging on thing. that a little too much, <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I just, I, it either is going to be like the stepping stone to the next part of the MCU and that'll help us transition or it's just like the you know epilogue to Endgame and <laughs> just saying like hey this all actually happened here and yes they're back but now you got to wait till our next movie to really feel fear figure out what happened and you know we already talked about Black Widow probably going to be a prequel doesn't make sense really otherwise um mm-hmm. as Guardians of the Galaxy I have to assume they're probably going to be searching for Gamora because she wasn't dusted at the end. She just disappeared. Her last line in the movie was after she like kicks Quill in the balls. <laughs> She's like, that, that's him. She's like, yeah, it was him or a tree. Yeah. And that's it. Then next time you see her, she's just, she leaves. This is 2014 this is all Gamora. So this is not, not the one that yeah. got sacrificed. Yeah. So I think as guardians of the galaxy, that's going to be a focus on getting Gamora back. Uh, Black Widow, that'll be a prequel. Spider-Man, that's going to be either a prequel or moving forward. Um, and then there's some other ones that have been talked about in development. You got, what is it? Um, there's a superhero. Shang-Chi. Uh, so Shang Chi is a uh, like a master of kung fu. He's a Asian Marvel superhero. So that's uh, been talked about as a, a movie that's in development. They have so many properties now that they can bring in like Fox and things like that. And they've said, yeah, there's no, you know, it's going to be at least a couple of years until that happens. And actually now that I'm thinking about it, I want to go back and see if they said, Hey, it's going to be at least 2023. I got to see if, uh, if they say that and then it's like, Oh, well the timeline is 2023. That would be nuts. Uh, but yeah, there'll definitely be some sort of fantastic four. There'll be some sort of, uh, X-Men related heroes. At some point in the future, my guess is, and, and they're going a lot, uh, they're going back into how it was in phase one of like, we're not going to be releasing a ton of these each year. And, uh, yeah, so I think, you know, uh, there's just a lot planned from things. And like I said, I think that it'd be interesting. I want to go back and see those that talk of the Fox movies, coming and joining them like X-Men and Fantastic Four. Cause I want to say he said, Oh, well it's going to be at least a couple of years, like 2023, which would be the current timeline in the movies. Uh, yeah. So I think that would be nuts. 
so that's just some things I said, like Shang-Chi, X-Men, Black Widow, Spider-Man, as Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, you know, and then their Disney Plus stuff, that's all supposed to tie in. So there's there's a lot going on. I don't know. Anything else, Joe, you want to talk about with the future? Well, I, I think that they're going to... Like with Disney Plus, I, I'd imagine a lot of what... If they want to keep it safe, a lot of what they can do is just make Disney Plus more so related to the alternate timelines. Because then you don't have to worry about what you're doing with the future movies and you can just have fun with it. Like, like kind of like we've, I've stated before with how DC does their TV shows and it doesn't really take part of the main DC universe. It's, I think it's just easier than them trying to tie everything in A a few of them. I know that they will, but I prefer if they just keep it at alternate timelines or do prequels, honestly. Um, yeah, but as far as I see, like with the MCU going, I, I think it's going to be more cosmic than anything. Like Spider-Man is going to be the most grounded character you've got, but then you're going to get all into like the Asgardians of the galaxy. Like you talked about the, the Eternals. Um, you'll, you'll get some, some other stuff I'm sure. Cause Adam Warlock's about to come out in guardians three. So yeah, that that's going to be interesting. And then who, who knows like what, where they'll take captain Marvel. They like, she's a very cosmic character. I doubt that they're going to keep her on earth. It, there'll probably be a lot of Cree stuff going on. And then eventually, like like you mentioned, they're going to start introducing these Fox characters, and I think that they're going to to introduce Fantastic Four first because that's everyone's been begging for them to have a good movie, and they have two great villains that you can introduce that will be big MCU that can be big MCU villains, which is Doctor Doom and Galactus. So. Yeah those can be major threats that stay over the course of however many years they want to make this new saga. And then they'll weave in once they figure out how to properly do it, the X-Men, it could be like you said, 2023. I really hope that some of them appear before that, but it it may be 2023. We'll have, we'll have to see if, if they were to do like a standalone with some X-Men like movies before 2023, where they, and then they meet the Avengers in 2023. I'd rather that happen, but yeah. Can you imagine it be something like here? We're going to introduce them. And then in 2023, we'll get their introduction based on like, Oh, the, you know, using the alternate timeline or something like that. Like, Oh, so these characters, fantastic four possibly, but the X-Men, like if they could bring it in that way as, Oh, they, their movies took place in the timeline where Loki took the um, space stone and everything got like altered slightly and or something like that, or cat messed up something in the sixties and you know, it's just this timeline. And then they come over in the climactic battle or something like that, a rift in the, yeah. I, I don't know. There's a way they can, they can do it. Like yeah. That. I mean, if, if it were to be like that, they'd have to figure out, they'd have to introduce time travel again and figure out a reason why they time traveled because we're introduced the dark dimension 
uh, or the negative zone through Fantastic Four. Okay, because they've already talked about the they talked to they tease the dark dimension in uh, Doctor Strange, but like the negative zone or something like that, they could do through Fantastic Four and like. Yeah, there's all the pieces are there. Yep. So <laughs> they could do something. It'll be really interesting to see. But yeah. But I think is that it? Anything else we need to talk about? Let's rank these movies. Oh, okay. Fine. Uh, we'll go through these movies relatively quickly. And we'll I think the best way that we'll do this is that we'll just go from the bottom to the top and like I'll give my bottom one, you can give your bottom one, explain why, and go from there. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah, and if uh, if, if you say something, I, I'm just, I won't need to add anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right, so start us off, Joe. Uh, see, I had the bottom one I had a really hard time picking, <laughs> but I wound up choosing Iron Man 2. Just, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um just because the movie had no good it had no good villain in, in my mind it whiplash was like a sorry excuse for a villain it, it, i love tony stark uh, and it's a he's a good character but i thought there really wasn't anything of substance in this movie honestly nothing that that made me like really dig into it yeah i did not mine 22 was incredible Hulk because, and you know, I've in the past year, I've rewatched all of these some several times, uh, but incredible Hulk, you know, it's just the pacing was really slow in the beginning. He doesn't turn into the Hulk for uh, a little while. Like, you don't that you generally see, like there's a whole thing that starts in Mexico. I like that. They didn't redo the origin. They kind of do that in an opening montage of credits, that was nice, but mm-hmm. yeah, the villain, it was lackluster. Uh, what's his name? Emil Blonsky or Emil Blonsky, who just wants to be like him. And, uh, you know, it was just some things are like rushing all over the place and it, it wasn't that good uh, overall. I think it had an important role. It introduced us to now Secretary of Defense Ross, but then he was just General Ross. So there's been one or two connections but it's mostly forgettable. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. It's not too high up on my list. Um, And please keep in mind, everyone, these are our opinions, so don't get too angry. They're Uh, facts, damn it. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so so my next one, surprisingly, is not the Hulk, but it is Thor the Dark World. I (laughs) hated that movie so much. Well, I can't say I hated that movie so much. The only reason Thor the Dark World is higher to me than Iron Man 2 is because of Loki. Literally the only reason. I just... Yeah, they did reshoots to add in more Loki because he became such a a fan favorite. Otherwise, that would be, I think, easily the worst one. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I like the parts we've talked about before in our more in depth breakdown of like Loki and Thor building a relationship, but then the evil elves, Jessica Portman, it was just the, the, the way they use the reality stone. I was not feeling any of it, honestly. Yeah. Uh, my 21 
<laughs> Captain America, the first oh. Avenger. Dang. I just did not like this movie. I, you know, at the t- I was just not into it. Uh, yeah. I thought it was cool, but you could tell it was like very. I thought the Red Skull, who's this huge villain in the in the Marvel comics, was very underused. Uh, there was a montage of Cap just like trashing his places, and he's just like, "Er, those <laughs> Captain America and his friends destroying my stuff. I'm gonna get him." Yeah. Uh, you know, it was definitely like, okay, we have to introduce Cap before the Avengers. Um, and it introduced us to his like moral compass and showed that he would be like the good guy of the group. And we talked about already that was needed to bring him. If he was any darker, then it wouldn't be a grow. He wouldn't grow. Um, so that's why it's like, you know, not my worst, but I did not like this movie. Yeah, no, I agree. But, uh, so my next one is the incredible Hulk. Uh, it's, it's a lot of the reasons why you said the pacing was bad. The, the, just the characters were kind of lackluster, but I will say I, what was his name? The guy who played Hulk was Norton, right? Edward Norton. Yeah. Edward I liked Norton. his, I liked him as, as Bruce Banner. I, I, I did. And I liked abomination a little bit. So that's why it got a little bit higher to to me uh, than Iron Man or Thor the Dark World because I actually enjoyed the villain a tiny bit. But yeah, it was very lackluster otherwise. Yeah. All right. So yeah, we're kind of all jumping all over the place. My number 20 was Thor the Dark World for essentially the same reasons as you said. It just, you know, these are the bottom, bottom of the barrel yeah. for me. Um, like these are the three I've probably gone back. I've watched incredible Hulk in total two, maybe three times. Captain America, first Avenger, I don't know, maybe four times. Thor, the dark world probably has been more than that. Eh, Probably like four or five times. Cause I liked any of the scenes that had Loki in it. And those were enjoyable for me. Plus like the, you know, the whole, like, continued any story that fo- or any th- any scene that focused on both Thor and Loki and their development as you know adopted brothers and stuff that was that was good anything on earth anything with the elves trash did not like yep it. agreed so my next one my number 19 now is Captain America the first Avenger <laughs> <laughs> yes it, uh, uh, it's really what you said I hated how they use um what's his name Red Skull it just mm-hmm. it was so disappointing one of the greatest villains in marvel and he was so poorly used and this was the time where captain america was that righteous good person which i hated that version of the character so i just it was too cheesy didn't like it didn't enjoy it i just no it was yeah. corny i forgot it was a really corny movie uh, and like Coulson says in uh, the original Avengers, like, you know, isn't that a little uh, old fashioned? And he's like, sometimes it's what we need. And you know what? There's probably a good time to watch Captain America, the first Avenger. Just doesn't come no, up that doesn't. often. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number 19 was Iron Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I out of all like the of our kind of agreed bottom four, I just personally like Robert Downey Jr. a lot and Iron Man a lot. So it's definitely above all of those other ones. Uh, 
the story was just kind of there. It was almost used just like it was just like Captain America and uh, Thor and Incredible Hulk. Like there were these were the you know Iron Man two was the only movie to get a sequel before Avengers, and it was just to to kind of set up the movie. There was like it introduced us to Black Widow. I liked the villain of his competitor. Um, oh my goodness. Justin Hammer. Yes. He like, he chewed the scenery. Anything he was in was like hilarious. Like when he's talking to roadie and it also introduced us to the new and improved roadie because I like uh, that actor more than the original roadie. Uh-huh. But that scene where Justin Hammer and roadie, he's like showing him, he's like, here, here's the Iron Man suit. Uh, you know, really buff this out for me. And he's like, okay, here's all this stuff. You want all this? And he's just being like a statue. And finally he's like, all right, this one, I call it the ex-wife. It'll take down everything it'll do. And then the payoff was great in that it actually didn't work. So like for me, it was the funniest of those four movies. It was, um, yeah, I didn't like What's his name? Ivan got just completely drew the short straw, they cut out, apparently they cut out a lot of his stuff. I mean, that happens with all, all movies, but that's, you know, it was a shame, but for Tony focus on him, it was good. I, that's where I'm like, okay, any from like here on out, I liked and rewatch from Iron Man two up. I rewatch all of, and like, enjoy these ones. Yeah. Yes. Your worst one. Yeah. So I, I actually agree with you. I, the movies after Captain America, I actually, do enjoy like obviously some more than others, but I do enjoy them. So I'm curious because this one may be a little bit like surprising that I rank it this low, but I don't think it's that surprising. I put for my next one was Iron Man three. So okay, um, no, I mean it was it was very divisive. Yeah. I'm not surprised <laughs> you put it that low. Yeah, it's just because I honestly and I know you liked what they did with the Mandarin. It it, it was funny, <laughs> but. It annoyed me so much because it was like my hype level was one thing because I loved how they portrayed him in the in the trailers and everything. And then it just died down because the villain, I, I thought the it was the switcheroo like uh, like in Red Skull getting the short straw in Captain America. Yeah, the Mandarin didn't even show up. Yeah, he didn't get to do he didn't do anything. So I I did not like Killian as as the villain that that little yeah the brains the brawn and the the face of it yeah or whatever it was yeah like his little the little serum ask yeah extremist extremist, like that storyline was eh i i liked i like tony obviously i I like robert downing jr portrayal of tony stark and i like the the ending with all like the the suits coming in to save the day I thought that was cool. I liked that part. But other than that, I thought everything else about it was kind of meh. Gotcha. My number 18 was Thor, the first one. Um, I liked any of the parts on Asgard. Just like Thor the Dark World, I did not care for any of the parts on Earth, which was unfortunately a majority. Like the scenes with uh, Dr. Selvig and like Jane Foster, like Natalie Portman, like she it was just okay. And, uh, Darcy who literally in both movies was not given any other, like for like a last name, just Darcy. Um, uh, 
Yeah, there was like there were moments that I laughed at and things like that. Uh, but it introduced us to the character. But any of the scenes, like it, the storyline between him and Loki and Odin, was really good. I enjoyed that. I wish the movie was like all about Asgard, but I know it had to introduce him and he went to earth and became more humbled. I understand that it was like, they needed to do that. It was the, like some of the issue with some of the phase ones movie, uh, phase one movies were just like age of Ultron. It was like setting up and that was part of the storyline and that stunk. So my 17 was actually Thor. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So so I'm not even going to bother reiterating most of the reason why why it's 17 is for the reasons that you said. I really liked Loki. I liked the introduction of Loki. Um, serious Thor as a character was meh, and the Earth scenes were kind of meh. But I didn't think there was anything too special about it, except the the fact that Loki got to come into the MCU, which is one of the best things that they could have done. Yeah. Yeah, that was it was that was a good part. Um, all right, my seventeen, <laughs> Avengers: Age of Ultron. And I just recently rewatched it in preparation for uh, Endgame. We watched, and Jamie and I wa- uh, watched a couple Iron Man movies and all the Avengers movies and one or two other like Black Panther and a couple um, last week. But you know. It had, it was funny. It had all these things. It was just like a middle of the, middle of the ground movie for me. Um, looking like the villain Ultron, he was good. Um, you know, he essentially was like, you know, the worst parts of Tony in this like indestructible thing. Part of the story was like a little crazy for me. Like, oh, they, they hacked vision, hacked him out of the internet or Jarvis, like some random things here and there. There was, there were a lot of com- Complaints that people still look back on, like the whole Thor in the water scene. Um, it had some good character development, like you know, it introduced Hawkeye's family and all that stuff. I liked that, like that, like beat away that needed they needed to kind of regroup after that the giant Hulk versus uh, Hulkbuster battle, which I like that. There was like a lot of good things and a lot of not so good things. So it introduced us really. Like they were introduced in the post credit scene, but they really introduced uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, cool powers and stuff. Um, but yeah, 17. This is funny. I want to guess what my 16 is? Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, again, it's a lot of the same reasons that that you said, so I won't go too far into it. The, the accents for Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were the most annoying things in my and life. It slowly um, just went away. Yeah, thank God. But besides that, there was just Ultron was not what I was expecting him to be. He was a fine, he was an okay villain. He he was just more quippy than I thought. I, I expected it to be a lot darker in tone. Yeah. And it wasn't... Oh, I just it didn't meet my expectations and it's a fine movie to to watch, but it's a lot of just trying to set up like it's just in between. It's an in between movie to what's actually really going to be the big 
the big stuff. So I was like, eh, yeah, it's okay. It's set up not just in, like Infinity War and Endgame, but also set up essentially Civil War, which was nice. Uh, that's like a benefit that it set up a better movie. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. My 16. And like I said, I like all of these movies, even my bottom ones. I still like them. They're better than a lot of other movies. I'm just saying this because I feel like you might get upset that it's this low. But number 16 for me is oh Captain my. Marvel. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He's flying to kill me right now. Uh, but I, I I like Captain Marvel. It's not like it's I just really like all the other ones above it more. And that's just me personally. Like I wrote down the way I broke these down. It was like I rated them all like one to twenty two and I updated the you know the after endgame. Uh humor, action, story overall, including the hero and the villain. And it was good. It was like, it had some funny parts for me. It had a lot of good action. The story was well done. The villain, it was like that whole twist, but like, you know, for me, once I saw the scrolls, it was like the Iron Man three bait and switch the scrolls. I went in with an expectation of, Oh my gosh. Okay. Who's going to be a scroll. And I think that's what made it lower for me. It was like, I didn't get the movie I expected. It was still a good movie. Uh, but you know, it was, yeah, you know, I'm looking at actually, with the exception of I think one or two movies, yeah, one or two movies that act as a uh, origin for the character. Uh, most of my origin ones are towards the bottom. I think it's because it's like a, they're doing the work of introducing to the characters that in the sequels they do a really good job in the sequels of elevating them. So. I'm sure I'm going to like the sequel more than I like the original. And I still liked it. So uh, that is me defending my, <laughs> my choice for 16 <laughs> of Captain Marvel that I did really like it. Um, I did like how it brought back Coulson and Sam Jackson, the whole buddy cop feel to it. It was good. And Brie Larson, I liked her as Captain Marvel. I thought she was really good. Uh, I just like, I want to see, just, I want more of that. So I just want to see what happens next. Don't, don't worry. You're not the only one who's going to get hate. Because I swear we didn't oh my God. talk about our list beforehand. But Captain Marvel's my next one, too. <laughs> so your 15 <laughs> is Captain Marvel. Oh, goodness. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so Captain Marvel's just... Again, you say most of the stuff that I was going to say. So I didn't like her origin story. I thought that was kind of like giving her the powers from the te Tesseract like or from the Space Stone when it blew up. Like, eh, I was fine with... I was, like, really big on that. The the scroll switch also, like, I loved the scrolls, but, and they were my favorite part of the movie, but it was just like... like taking away a villain of the scrolls and making them good guys took away a possible like really good villain because the 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 Kree were not good villains like not at all so i was not a fan was not a fan of that and i i like Carol, like Brie Larson and, and um Nick Fury's like good cop, bad cop, like, or their buddy relationship. But 
It was it was very yeah. middle of the road. I would like to see to it didn't happen in Endgame. I think the only scene was probably when it was like the giant female uh like power up stance that shot where Captain Marvel and Scarlet Witch and that in the funeral where they were together. I would like them to have like a scene together cuz both of them got their powers by the Infinity Stones, different different stones. So I'm like man, I will, like that would be cool to have them team up. Two of the most powerful characters. Um, it's a lot of just, you know, um, thought about it. But my 15, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, oh, my God. Do you want here? After okay. 15, <laughs> let's do the next, like, five and just say, like, our, our ones. Because we might have, and we could, like, talk about them. Uh, if you want, it's just like a thought of if you feel as though like we're just going to say the same things, because as we're doing this, we're also <laughs> eliminating and like we are probably going to have very similar. Oh, gosh, it's going to be interesting. All right. Ant-Man and the Wasp. OK, yep. so 15 yep. for me. Ant-Man Ant and the Wasp, Wasp was my because, 14. Just uh, so you it know. was so funny. It was one of the funnier um, movies for Maves. Um you know, the scene with Luis, anytime he was on there, it's it's just it's very funny, very lighthearted, and it was needed right after Infinity War. Um, just like a palate cleanser, like we talked about last uh, week. Um, the story, it was okay. You know, the it was more of just like setting up the end game with regard to um uh, going into the uh different like dimensions and things like that, but yeah. Uh, you know, they had the whole thing of like, oh, here's a competing, the villain of, uh, what's his name? Walter Goggins played this guy, Sandy Birch or something like that. And he was the guy who's like, oh, I work for a company and we want this mm -hmm. technology and we're going to steal it. Um, he, you know, it was played for laughs. Uh, and then the whole like ghost villain and giant man, the original giant man, um, showing up. And then all kind of working together. It was good, but it was definitely more like just it's a good, lighthearted movie, good set pieces. So, yes, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Anything else you want to add? Not really, honestly. You you said what I, I could I could really think of. Yeah, the, the villain wasn't really too much of a villain. Yeah, um, Paul Rudd, it was like funny. He, the whole like, say it was know, funny. Uh, house arrest scene, like all that stuff, like really just took it above and beyond the the other ones for me. Um, so your, what was that? Your 14 was Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay. My 14, I assume you're 13 at this damn yep. rate. <laughs> my third, my 14 is Dr. Strange. Are you serious? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> how? Yes. Dr. Strange is my next one. How strange. Just go ahead and. Go ahead and talk. I'll let okay. you. So I'm just going to say my next couple ones. So Dr. Strange, 13 for me or 14 for me, because, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't very like light or anything like that. It had funny moments, obviously. I'm just going left to right on my screen. So I start with humor. Um, it had some funny moments, but it definitely was not like the funniest movie. It was on the lower end for me. Action. I, it had like really cool set pieces, but there wasn't a lot of action. There was like the, uh, like what was it? The inception fight scenes and things like that. Um, 
you know, it looked cool, but there really wasn't that much actual fighting besides like three scenes. I think it was, uh, there was in the opening, like there's just, there was a lot. It had, a, and it was an origin story also. So I think that's another reason that it was lower. It had to introduce this character. I was really excited when I saw it. Uh, the story was cool. It introduced magic to the MCU. Um, the villain I had higher, it was like middle, well, higher than I expected. I put the villain at 13 out of 22. So pretty much in the middle, uh, because I liked Kaecilius and, you know, he was just trying to essentially what it sets up Baron Mordo to be a, a villain as well in the same vein as Kaecilius. He wanted like that power because he's like, oh, my mentor, the ancient one is a hypocrite. I want that power then too. Baron Mordo is like kind of taking it the other way. I think going forward, he's like, no, no one should have this power. Only you know one person and now it's going to be me. So I think if they, if, and when they do a Dr. Strange sequel, it'll be all about, you know, him and Baron Mordo and kind of different views. Uh, and lastly, you know, the whole ending with uh, Dormammu. I was like, Oh, Dormammu. I've come to bargain with you. And that was like funny, but like the villains, it, you know, they were, they were good, but that's like I said, middle of the ground origin story out of all the origin stories. It was up there for me. Um, I think there's only, you know, a handful above it. Yeah. I've only, I've only got a handful above, above it too. So that was my 14 and your 13 is, is Dr. Strange. Oh my, okay. Um, Anything else you want to add or you want to go right to your number 12? Yeah, but I mean, Dr. Strange was my 13, so there's little point in me explaining too much out of what you explained. It was I enjoyed Benedict Cumberbatch's portrayal of Dr. Strange, and I thought it was a good origin story. Like you mentioned, I've only got a handful that are higher than than this origin story, which says a lot. Um, it, It was... The thing that wound up putting it lower on my list is that, you know, I didn't think, again, a lot with the Marvel movies, the villains weren't that great, but the the ancient one was really good. The scene with Dormammu and bargaining, I really enjoyed, but it it, it was it was good. I I enjoyed Doctor Strange. It wasn't the greatest, but it was good. Yeah, I um, so my thirteen is Ant Man. I have fun. So Ant-Man, because it is for me, I put it as out of all of movies, it was my third funniest movie. And I still uh, think that it is so funny. It was just, I went in with low expectations up there with like, when I went and saw guardians of the galaxy for the first time, I'm like, okay, is this going to be the one that's not great? Paul Rudd had so much behind the scenes trouble. And then I saw it and I was like, this is hilarious. And it was the first movie post, just like Ant-Man and the Wasp was post Infinity War. This was post Age of Ultron. They're like, this is a much more focused storyline, just about like a family, about like father figures. That's been like a theme throughout a lot of these movies. But, you know, uh, both the villain and Scott are trying to essentially please Hank Pym uh, in a way. So like that was, that was a nice, they gave the villain some depth to him. Uh, besides the fact that it was like, Oh, you're going crazy. Cause you're not using a helmet. 
basically, which I thought was a little weird. But the fight scenes were really funny and like they were shrunk down and he's like, I'm going to disintegrate you. And then it's like playing disintegration by the cure. Um, and the Thomas the Tank. Engine. Oh, yeah. That was which I remember seeing I some that. stuff with that. They're like, oh, the company was like all for it. They're like, just don't make Thomas the villain. And don't let him like kill someone <laughs> and no one can be tied to the track. I'm like, Jesus. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really funny. Um, it's a good movie, uh, overall. Like if I have it on, I'll definitely like keep watching it. Yeah. I liked it. It was, that is, that is my next one. <laughs> Your number to 12. <laughs> that is, that is my number 12. I have a feeling our lists are about to break it apart a little soon because i think i have something ranked a lot lower than what you'll have but um but i i enjoyed it it was a funny movie it it was it was nice getting to see again like with guardians something outside of the box outside of the usual with the mcu the the whole relationship with scott and his, his family and everyone else i thought was fun and then like you said the fight scenes the fight scenes were funny too. So I enjoy yes. it. Uh, so my number 12, you already said this one, Iron Man three. So I thought, you know, like I said, I'm a, just a Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. Fan. So it was still one of the funny, it was my number five for funniest movies. Um, just the quips like he's just going all out even like the scene with the kid who was in endgame well he's like oh i'm i'm so cold he goes oh you know i could tell because we're connected and he floors away like <laughs> he's such an ass but it's focusing on the he fallout is. after avengers and like he has ptsd now um so that was kind of crazy um yeah so yeah, yeah. Uh, and we already, you kind of hit on some of the other stuff. So yeah, 13 for me or sorry, 12. Okay. So this is the one that I don't think that you're going to have even, I don't know about close to this low, but I've got Spider-Man next. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I like Spider-Man. Don't get me wrong. I like Spider-Man. I, I like the vulture. Like the character of the vulture was really good. I'm glad that they introduced a villain that was not reused over and over and over again, like the the Hobgoblin and Green Goblin and all that lovely stuff. Um, And it it was, it was a funny movie. Like Pete, like the portrayal of Peter Parker and Spider-Man, like Tom Holland does a great job with that. Like I thought it was a good movie. I just thought that it was not anything too too special like i thought parts of it were slow but i i have no issue with this movie i liked it it's you're we're getting to like the top 10 so most of these movies that we're about to talk about i very much enjoyed it's just i thought the movies above it were better that's all yeah uh my 11 was guardians of the galaxy 2 mhm so uh you know i I love, and I love this movie. It's like I said, I'm not saying this is a bad movie. I actually, you're going to love this Joe. I saw it twice in the same day. <laughs> nice. Um, I, yeah, I saw this, uh, with my wife and then I also saw it with, 
my brother on the same day, just one in the afternoon, one at night. And I like, I loved it. It was so funny. Um, it told a good story. The first one focused on Quill and like his mother almost. And this one focused on his relationship with his father. Um, it broke up the guardians into different groups, which like had served its purpose narratively, but you know, they definitely function better as a whole. So that's one thing they introduced Mantis, which was really good. And it was a completely different character than anyone introduced in the MCU ever. Um, and mm-hmm. even ego, I liked him as a, as a villain. He, he did a good job, uh, overall. So yeah, that's my stuff. And Yondu just stole the movie. So that's my 11. Yes. Yondu did. My number 10 is guardians nice. too. So, so yeah, Yondu was my favorite part of that movie. Just his lines and how they went from taking a character that was a pseudo villain in the first movie and making him like a good guy, a father figure to Peter and, and like have such great moments and like that you were really actually sad about at the end when he died. It, I thought that was a testament to how good the movie was. Ego was okay. I, I don't mind him as a villain as much as the other, uh, as much as other people do. Um, And I think the intro, Production of Mantis, like I like her as a character, especially with her and Drax's interaction. Yeah. I love those interactions. And Baby Groot was just adorable. So I I I like it. The only like really downside, I guess, was like I wasn't a big fan of how they did the the Peter and Gamora love story part. I, it, it didn't. I don't I mean, know. He even says feel- in uh, Infinity War, he's like, so who's this? Your boyfriend? And I prefer long term booty call or something like that. Yeah. Like they still don't have it defined. Yeah. So it was just, it was just awkward to me. I mean, I was fine. I'm fine with if they get together, but I didn't think it was done well in, in there. So, but I thought it was funny. The, the space jumping scene was also funny. So I enjoyed it. A lot. Yeah. Uh, my number 10. So now top 10 for me. Like like I said, I really enjoy a lot of these movies from really my 19 and up. I like, I enjoy a lot, but the top 10, they stand, they stand apart from everything below. So for number 10 for me, Iron Man, the one that started it all. So definitely in my top 10 um, parts of it have aged a little bit, not like a two, too strongly like in a negative way um but especially now after seeing endgame i'm like oh my gosh like i i like possibly consider making this higher but i was like it's you know this is what started the mcu off i thought of putting it higher but i think like all the other ones individually are just stronger movies um you know it introduced us to tony stark it had so much going for it as of now it's my number 10. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll go higher. Cause this, you know, this, my list fluctuates. Yeah. That's funny. Cause I think the movie I'm about to say, like I have Iron Man quite a bit higher on my list mm-hmm. than you do. And I feel like the movie I'm about to say now actually may make you mad. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be easily like one of the really high ones on your list. I put the Avengers next <laughs> at, at, at number 10. Gotcha. Um, 
Um, cause I, I was going back and forth between like with a lot of these movies and what I wanted to do with it. And I really enjoyed the Avengers. I, I really did. It was just, there were, it, it like was the first time that they had all gotten together that big famous, like the New York city scene and all that. That was really cool. I, I really liked how they did that. I liked how they used Loki to interact with these characters and try to drive them apart. I just rewatching it somewhat like some of the stuff felt really slow to me. Um, again, I really love this movie. There's like, I don't really have much complaints about it. It's just, this is where it wound up falling on my list. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I could definitely see those arguments. Uh, so my number nine was black Panther. Um, you know, this introduced us to not the character. He was introduced in Civil War, but it just developed him further. But it introduced us really to Wakanda and this whole nation. And it shows like how different, just like I said with other ones, it was different than anything shown before. And also gave us one of the best villains. I For me, he was my th- number three villain next to Loki and Thanos. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He was just so well done. The action scenes were unbelievable like the battles on the fields uh the only area i didn't like you know battle wise was the final cgi fight between the two um but besides that like it was it was a really strong movie um and the whole cast like did just an excellent job so yeah i that's my number uh nine all right yep my number eight is black panther (laughs) i thought you know i thought wakanda looked great i thought every everyone in that movie, like all the actors, actresses, everything, like they played their character really well. Um, and you got a lot of good, it wasn't all about the, the, the main character. It wasn't all about black Panther. It was supporting cast really pitched in, which I really enjoyed that part of the origin story. Well, it's not really an origin story, but like the first time you got introduced to Wakanda, like, I like that. I liked how, like, I love Sherry and how good she is with technology. And the villain, like you said, is one of the best villains in the MCU. Killmonger, like, love that. I love him. So I I really, all the set pieces and stuff in this movie were great. So I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. My number eight was Thor Ragnarok. (laughs) Okay. I thought this was hilarious. It was for me, the funniest movie. And that was tough because there are some really, like I said, Ant-Man, they're all my top five funniest ones. All are very funny and they're all different. Uh, yeah, they're all different franchises. So, but Thor Ragnarok, it also, it took a franchise that was so like, you know, the first two entries are in my bottom five. Um, and, this just took everything, the whole series, everything you knew about the character, essentially, besides, you know, what they kind of let him do in the uh, Age of Ultron. They kind of let him be a little more funny at times. Um, but it just they let Chris Hemsworth do whatever he wanted. And it was so funny, so different. So like there's nothing like it, especially with this character. You had such like different expectations for it. Like not, I had just an expectation it was going to be kind of funny, but more serious and, 
you know, the main tease of, oh, here's Hulk. You get to find out what happened to him after uh, Civil War or Age of Ultron, I mean. So that was nice. Uh, really well done. Hopefully Taika Waititi comes back. If there is no Thor 4, if it is Asgard, uh, as Guardians of the Galaxy, he co-writes some of that or something. Yeah, I agree. Thor Ragnarok is actually my number seven. <laughs> I thought it, it was funny. It's for the reasons that you said, like it brought a franchise that was serious and kind of like, eh, to being like funny. And Chris Hemsworth got to, so to speak, let his hair down, even though he yeah, lost his he, hair in this movie. He let it go um, all the way down. Yeah. Um, so he got to act more natural. He was funny. Uh, my, my only like one of my complaints was that this like the the movie felt kind of like they were relying on jokes too much but other than that like Hela was awesome villain i loved her so much as the, yeah she was as the villain of this movie villainless as well yeah so she she was so good and then just seeing thor loki interaction or the them interaction with Hela, then at that Doctor Strange scene at the beginning of the movie. It was a good movie. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. Yeah. My number seven is the one that you made lower. My number seven, Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I am a huge Spider-Man fan. So the fact that he was getting his own movie in the MCU after Civil War like introduced us to him and we weren't getting an origin story, I was like, this is awesome. It had that John Hughes... 80s movie feel to it um it didn't it wasn't like you know all of these movies are so different from another from each other it's uh it's just crazy and this is like the only kid who's in high school who's a superhero um and i'm sure a lot of like kids could relate to that were able to relate to this movie more than some other ones um i loved the villain being um you know the love interest's dad and that was like a twist two thirds of the way through the movie or towards the end of the movie. Um, you know, the whole, uh, going to DC to, uh, do the academic decathlon type of thing was great. And then like, he was able to, uh, still be Spider-Man on the road. The fact it changed things up too. Ned knew who he was from essentially, uh, the beginning of the movie after a couple of months of him being Spider-Man and then Aunt mm -hmm. May finding out at the end, cutting as she's cursing going to the credits was like <laughs> what the yeah it was just so so fresh i loved it it's my i am like it's between this or spider-man 2 for favorite spider-man for me but this like i think i'm gonna you know just keep watching both of them and they're different very different movies tonally but yeah spider-man homecoming number seven yeah and that makes sense i figured he'd be pretty high on your list uh, so my next one was Civil War. Uh, that's my number six. Okay. And number like I enjoyed the the fact that they got all the Avengers against each other. I thought it was a great way to start out Phase Three as putting them all putting them against each other, putting getting them in conflict. I've mentioned this before in our talk, but the the scene with Tony versus Cap and Bucky was amazing. Baron Zemo was kind of an eh villain. His plans, like you mentioned, were very convoluted, like situational. Yes, convoluted is a better way to put it. But it was like they had to 
work that way. But the the scenes themselves, like this movie had some of the more iconic scenes in the MCU with obviously the, the rooftop scene with everyone fighting each other. This is when Spider-Man got introduced. So oh, you got to, yeah, yeah it, it was a great moment. He takes Cap's shield and then he starts interacting with Falcon and Bucky and his quips were so great in that aspect. Um, seeing Tony learn about what happened to his his parents was that was really that was great. Um, just watching watching them fight, and I even forgot to mention like they've introduced Black Panther in this as well. Mm-hmm. So you got like a setup for like all these new characters and all these new story, and they were like they seamlessly worked into the movie and they were cool. And it was nice to see all that. And every character, they somewhat got some shine in it. Obviously cap and Tony and Bucky were like the kind of the big, big people of the movie, but everyone else got some, some shine. So that was nice to see. Yeah. My number six. All right. So my number six, the Avengers, uh, kind of for the same reasons you said, I think like, you know, there are some areas that prevented it from being in the top five for me. Um, you know, there's some story beats here and there that's like, you know, slowed down some leaps of logic. Um, uh, but see, this was a complete like fanboys like dream come true because, you know, actually seeing them all like this is, this had never been done before. Like, Oh, this, massive universe all coming together on this scale had just yeah never been done before and it was just unbelievable i still remember us all seeing this in college and like being blown away um and that's just yeah there's just something uh, really good uh the villain loki i had him as like my number two because he was just he was introduced he came back and he was so much more like evil and just straight. And he's like, I'm going to take over this world. And I love like his discussion with Thor early on. He's like, he's like, you mean that you should rule them? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> cause I am better. Like I I should definitely rule over. It's like not even a question. Um, yeah. Ah, he's like, there's, and like Colson says, he's like, you lack conviction. Like it was so, so, so good. So it's my number six. Yeah. It's a really good movie. I, I will, like I, you said, when we saw it in theaters, I was just amazed. Mm-hmm. My next one, no, my number five, now we're cracking the top five, is Iron I Man. <laughs> I, <laughs> he started He started the whole MCU. He, the introduction of his character, like you went into that movie and you just heard him speak like once and you're like, this man, he's perfect. He is this character. So it, it was great like seeing him. Like that was obviously at his the point where he was the most neurotic, like bo- most neurotic person. There was no like anything established before this movie. So you had no idea what to expect. And you just get Tony and then like obviously he get he gets captured and like he builds the Mach 1. We, and it was awesome to see him go through that and then him building the Iron Man suit we more familiar with. It, it was just, it was really cool. It was groundbreaking in like the stuff that they did. You never expected it to 
set up something that would last a decade plus today um, for the time the stuff in the movie like the graphics CGI was good for the time I will agree it's age definitely has age but I think just Tony himself like Robert Downey Jr. made that movie and made the MCU really what it is today and so I, I've got to give give him credit, and I love that movie. Yeah, definitely. And you know, yeah, you covered everything. Uh, my number five, Infinity War. Um, so much, you know, Thanos. This was his movie, so I had this rate as my number one for villain because this gave us the most fully formed villain. I think up there with Loki and uh, Killmonger. Like you could see their their side of things. Like, yes, he's a mad titan, but he's like, look, my whole plan, they didn't listen to me. Like the way he's going about it, obviously, like, you know, that's where that's where they disagree and they hold they fight about it. Um and it just took all these different characters, just like Civil War, except a whole step up. Like everyone was involved and they were separated into different groups. So you didn't get that reunion of Cap and Tony for, since Civil War. But you had like these unlikely pairings and it was just so interesting. Um, and the fact that he actually did collect from start to finish all of the Infinity Stones um, in one relatively like really tight movie of like two and a half hours. There was not a mm-hmm. lot of slow moments. Anything that was, was like relative to like character development or to the plot. Um, and it's just like, you know, that's this, you know, this and end game are like, um, yeah, just unbelievable. I'm, I'm at a loss for words. It's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's not my, I agree five. with, I agree with you. Infinity War was my number four. So it's just how they did that. <laughs> I'm just looking, I'm writing down your numbers too next to mine. I'm like, okay, so we have essentially just a mix match of our top three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. A hundred percent. But so far we have not matched on a single one. We've been one. No, off we haven't for a lot. <laughs> but, yeah. Most of our stuff has been one off. I, depending on who you put number one, we may match number one. I don't think so. I'm not. No. I don't think so. Okay. I think I know who that you means... picked for number one. But what is your and number now three? I know, now I know who you picked as number one. Okay. Um, so my numbers. Wait. I was talking about Infinity War. I'm not at the my number. Tell me your yet. number. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Infinity, Infinity War. War, like I said, Thanos was a great character. I I loved, I loved him. He the, the development that they gave him was really awesome, and the fact that you got to watch a movie to where the villain won in the end—that's seldomly done in any type of movie nowadays. So it was really interesting to see that, and you had to watch like everyone in their different groups, like you said, like. Tony and Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, like they meet the Guardians and then they go after Thanos and you got to see Thanos fight a bunch of people. Um, so there was a, this was a, the, the big action movie of the MCU and it was great. I, I loved it. I, I wish that Hulk would have played more of a role in it, but 
that's my complaint for both of Infinity War and Endgame. So that's that's just what it is. But I love this movie. Yeah. My number four is uh, <clears throat> Captain America Civil War. Figure, figured as much. So Civil War for me, it was, you know, everything you said. It, it introduced uh, both Black Panther. And it's interesting because that was the start of phase three. And this did a good job. It was like very seamless, like you said, of setting up all these things without it being like, you know, slogging along like uh age of ultron was like oh this is clearly setting up the future like introducing both spider-man and black panther in this movie and like adding more uh stress and breaking up the avengers and setting up like more of infinity war all in the first movie of phase three you think it would just be like not a great movie but you know it's all over the place like all it's a globe trotting movie they're all over the place um Yes, the villain. I had him, uh, you know, relatively um, in the middle ground because I I liked Zemo, but he wasn't that great. Like if you look at his plan as the way it actually happened and the way if that's how he intended it, just like you know, it's it's the Joker problem of that. There's all these convoluted things that need to happen, and you don't know if he had backup plans. We have to assume so if he planned that much. But from what we're given, you know, he just wanted. His family was taken away. He blames the Avengers because with that, if that's true, if they weren't there in Sokovia, that would his family would be here and he has nothing. So he is 100% going after them. It's the same mentality, honestly, as the heroes of uh, Endgame. They're like, we lost all these people. We're going after you. Um, mm-hmm. That's all my thoughts on him there. So yeah, number four for me. Every, you covered everything else. I love the airport battle. Every, yeah, so good. So I'm going to guess my number three is your number one. Let me hear. Endgame. No. No? Um, I'll just hear your number three is Endgame. Okay. Go. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I was not expecting that. Um. <laughs> I loved. I. I mean, I don't really have to go into this. We just covered this entire. In this entire movie beforehand, so I liked Endgame. It was a good movie. It was. I just found the other two movies like Endgame relies on you watching, like I said, all the other movies and your enjoyment level of said movie depends on how much you are invested in all other Marvel movies. While the other, the other two movies on my list do not really require that. So that's part of the reason why. Yeah. Okay. So my top three, I, this hurt all three of them because I wanted all three to be number one in different ways, but I had to pick. Mm-hmm. So my number three, and I know this is going to be your number one. I think number three guardians of the galaxy, uh, because, uh, this, so this introduced, I had like, this was the movie I went in with lowest expectations. I'm like, this is going to suck. Well, it'll just be like, it'll be okay. I just hope it doesn't break them. Let's just get to, end of phase two and we could just end with age of Ultron at the time. Like that'll be the best. And it was not, this was much better than age (laughs) of Ultron. Um, and this introduced us to, here's a character who is human, who is abducted by aliens. And we find out why in the in the sequel, but he is, um, you know, kind of like an outlaw type person had a firefly kind of feel to it, which I enjoyed. Um, but yeah, the whole group and then it's, um, all meet in prison. They all break. They're all like good, bad, 
bad guys, kind of. They're all outlaws. That's exactly, you know, uh, how, how to describe them. And they all have flaws, and I like that about them. Um, the only thing that took this down for me, uh, I put it at number three, was I love them as a character. Their story was great. The music was the best. Uh, no other movie touched like their soundtrack, both of them, honestly. Um, yeah, I had this as this was as story wise. This was the number one story for me. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing that took it down for me was the villain, uh, the whole Cree. Uh, Ronan just wasn't that, um, you know, Thanos is introduced like the current version of Thanos is introduced in this, but Ronan is definitely the villain of this. And he was not that great for me. Um, you know, he's introduced, he kind of like fights off Drax quickly. And then the whole like dance off the dance off was hilarious and don't get me wrong, but it was just like, just Ronan as a villain, especially I was like, Oh, maybe captain Marvel will flesh him out more. And it didn't. I was like, I just don't like Ronan. So for me, number three, but the guardians yeah. themselves and their story would make it. It's just Ronan weighs them down a little bit. Yeah, no, I could see that. Ronan was not a great villain at all. Yeah, that was still but... in there. I rated him at 17 during the. Yeah. yeah. I see that. So my number two is Winter Soldier. So. <laughs> I... <laughs> yes, you did. You did. Um, I, I love this movie again for a Captain America movie for me to be putting it this high. It was surprising to me, but it, it just it had all the great makings of an action movie. And like you had like Captain America figuring out who Bucky like Bucky was still alive. You had so many great scenes like the elevator scene Um when he was fighting everyone, the fact that every like a ton of people in shield, you actually learned to affect it to Hydra. It was just for the time it was, it was groundbreaking. There were so many, like it's just so action packed and you got to see cap cap as a character go from this high, like golden character to like everything in his world, like fell apart things that he thought were one way were a different way his best friend was still alive he wound up having to fight his best friend multiple times and kind of just try to take down hydra so it it was like the action shots and everything like that they were they were top notch i mean definitely the best action movie in the mcu yeah yeah all right um i'll get to that in a second my number two (laughs) Avengers Endgame. So, I think, like I said, uh, well, I'll save that really for my number one, but yeah, Avengers Endgame. Um, this was a culmination of 11 years and 22, 21 previous movies. Um, and they had the odds, just like Infinity War, the odds were stacked against them. Like, did we think it was going to sell well and be like a good movie? Definitely. And then Infinity War just knocked it out of the park. Um, so then it was like, okay, end game. How's it going to end? Is it going to be good? Is it going to, and for me, I was like, oh my gosh, they just, they were, it was, it was a near perfect movie for me. Um, but like you said, 
I 100% agree. You will get the reason it's in our top three is because we watched all these. I think this would be in the middle ish or top 10, maybe low top 10. Um, if you didn't see these, so it's, this is like the Marvel movie. If this was like the last one they ever made, this would be remembered as like, you know, the, the, the cap off of everything. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, everything that you said, everything we said already earlier this episode, it's just, yeah, my number two. Yep. So that means my number one is obviously Guardians. And I just, I'll go into this briefly, but I love this movie so much. It's just, it was completely different than any other movie that came bef- came before it. And you know, it's like you said, there was no expectations of this movie. In fact, the expectations were really low of this movie when the trailers first came out. Because everyone was like, this is going to be when Marvel falls. This is going to be when they mess up. And then you got in, and from the very beginning, the, like one of the first scenes with, with Peter Quill, like dancing and the soundtrack, like easily, like I said, best soundtrack in, in the MCU, it... It's just the tone was so different than anything else. And you have all these characters that are so great and so funny. Like you got, you got Peter, you, you got um, rocket Groot was awesome. Gamora um, Nebula didn't really shine too much in this movie, but then you got the introduction of Thanos and like you got to see him for the first time. I agree with you that Ronan was a bad villain. Definitely, definitely was a bad villain. But like, I thought Drax, everyone else, like, sort of made up for it. You got to see them come together, and just how how things ended. You got so sad when Groot sacrificed himself to save everyone, and how they all came together and grabbed the the Power Stone. I love this movie so much. Yeah. I definitely, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think like that scene when they're all holding the power stone or Groot sacrifices himself. And James Gunn has said like, oh, the Groot that's come back is Groot's offspring. So that Groot mm-hmm. in Guardians 1 is dead. Um, you know, that's that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, there's so, so much like, you know, I remember leaving the theater and like thinking and talking about it afterwards and like, man, like Rocket stole the show or Groot stole, like they really all did like Drax. Like I went in with zero expectations for him because this guy isn't what a, he was a wrestler. wrestler. He's not an yep. actor. He was in, he said one line in the trailer he said like, I'll fight beside you. There's no, there's no clue given that he's going to be one of the funniest <laughs> things. This giant guy is going to be one of the funniest people in the movie. And they all play off each other perfectly. Like, you know, I would say you don't need to add anyone else, but yet even the addition of Mantis, like just worked perfectly. Um, yeah. Cause man, yeah. The second that you added Mantis Drax and her like went together so well. Yeah. Um, so I definitely, like I said, uh, so my number one, I have captain America, the winter soldier. So just to reiterate my number, my top three, I think guardians of the galaxy is like my number one for like, if you like the not even like weird out there movie, but like it just was the, 
the one that no one expected to do well was like incredible. Endgame is the number one movie for a MCU fan, any Marvel fan in general. But Captain America, the Winter Soldier, you could show this movie to anyone and they will at least like the movie. It's a good movie on top of the fact that it's one of the best MCU movies. Um, you know, some people might not be into space. Mm. Some people might think like Endgame, like you have to be a fan of Marvel. You can't mm-hmm. just show anyone Endgame and them just like it. If they don't know these characters, they're not going to care. Guardians of the Galaxy, you're introduced to these characters, but some people might be just out of that sci-fi and I think like Captain America, Winter Soldier, there's some sense of relatability to anyone. This is like any generation. I could show this to my parents, my grandparents, people who have never seen someone who hasn't seen a single Marvel movie and they'd get the gist of it. And it's just like so well done. Um, I said the villain. This was like a, a weird area because the villain, it's like as a whole, it's Hydra. There's like that whole turn that hydra's been involved the whole time that twist um alexander pierce like he's involved on it bucky's alive that whole time like there's so much going for it um so that's why i think yeah captain america winter soldier number one for me um just like i said all my top three i think are like number ones in their own ways but i think not only is uh Captain America just outshine the other ones just a little bit in most areas. Like I said, Guardian still has the best story. Um, Endgame, I think, has the best action scenes with uh, all their different fights at the, uh, you know, the big fight at the end. Just kept going. Winter Soldier is like up there, but, you know, just overall takes the cake for me. Yeah, I can respect that. And it's just... I get that. It's a good movie. The most probably out of all of these, uh, next to, like, Iron Man, it's probably the most accessible movie to anyone. Like, you could just throw it on if someone's like, oh, I don't like these types of movies. I don't like superhero movies. Here, watch this. It's called The Winter Soldier. And it's like... Yeah, it's an espionage, spy, thriller movie. Twists and turns. God, yeah, so good. Yep, yep, yep. Well, look at that. That's our list. Not a single one the same, but we are, no. with the exception of three, we're off by like one each. One. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's funny. Oh. That is funny, and and I knew the couple that I put down lower that that you'd have much higher. Yeah, but I was su- more surprised with the fact that you put Iron Man lower. But that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that is our list. If you liked it, please let us know. If you wanted us to know your top three, five, ten, all of them, let us know. Please remember, reach us on Facebook and and uh, Instagram at Nuts Podcast Twenty Two, Twitter at Nuts Podcast One, email us at Nuts Podcast Twenty Two. I always like uh, seeing all these notifications. So please send us all your informations. Yes, all the information <laughs> well, in the world. Yeah, we'll have all the friends in the world. <laughs> in the world. <laughs> oh. But yeah, thank you guys for getting this far. If you have gotten this far, I know this today is a rather long episode, but it's a big event. Yeah. We want to cover everything. 
Yeah, hopefully if you uh, if you just tuned into this one, definitely take a look back at our past few movie episodes because this whole month we've focused. It's been our marvelous month uh, focusing on each phase. Um, share this, share our whole podcast with that, you know anyone who you think would appreciate this. So, um, yeah, let us know what you think. Thank you for listening to us. Yeah. So, last but not least, my name is Joe. I'm Chris. Stay naughty.